0: Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. The people have spoken. I want to congratulate Raphael Warnock. Twitter files. James Baker. A central figure in the Russia investigation. Elon Musk terminated. Him. And they have the emails, they have the documents. Donald Trump. Lying and cheating. False documents. Evading taxes. It's going to take time to get inflation back to normal levels. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. We interrupt this broadcast to bring you this important bulletin from the United Press. Japanese have attacked Pearl Harbor, Hawaii, by air. President Roosevelt has just announced. The attack also was made on all naval and military activities on the principal island of Oahu. Yesterday... December 7th, 1941, a date which will live in infamy.
1: Hard to believe 81 years ago. Today we remember, honor, and thank the greatest generation. The attack started at 7.48 a.m. Hawaiian time, attacked by 353 Imperial Japanese aircraft. Two waves launched from six aircraft carriers, Of the eight U.S. Navy battleships present, all were damaged. Four were sunk. All but USS Arizona was later raised. Six were returned to service and went on to fight in the war. The Japanese also sank or damaged three cruisers, three destroyers, an anti-aircraft training ship, one mine layer. More than uh, 180 U.S. aircraft were destroyed. More importantly, 2,403 Americans lost their lives that morning. One thousand one hundred and seventy-eight were wounded. Again, we remember, honor, and thank the Greatest Generation eighty-one years ago.
2: Yeah, when I think about that time, it it, it gives me hope of some of the things we're going to happened now, today. Um, with what Americans can accomplish, on uh, what they did in the South Pacific and in Germany, but uh, for some reason, I don't know that we've got uh, the fortitude. Yeah and, yeah, and that Greatest Generation, they're they're leaving us every day and there's not many left i'm just no. not sure we've got that same type of person in america
1: big news day today dallas woodhouse of the carolina journal writes a coalition of republican appointed justices on the u.s supreme court appears to be coalescing around a middle ground that would find in favor of the north carolina general assembly and moore versus harper that would limit gross overreach by a state court in congressional redistricting in essence Several lawmakers suggested in this particular case the North Carolina Supreme Court assumed the role of the legislature rather than a check on the legislature. Dallas Woodhouse is on the line with us right now. Dallas welcome back to News and Views. Good to have you with us
3: Good to have with you and thank you for um, talking about that uh, date eighty one years ago. I think it actually is an uh, an illustrative um, example of when democracy is really threatened yeah. and it was on that day and it was threatened around the world and the greatest generation stood up for it there's been a lot of talk that um this more v harper case uh especially from the hysterical left is uh somehow a threat to democracy and uh good of course point it's not yeah. and they had three hours of oral hearings today and democracy's still standing and whenever the ruling comes out in the summer whatever the supreme court does uh, democracy will stand either way
1: your thoughts on how it went it was three hours it appeared to me that a lot of the discussion was more procedural that instead of focusing okay is it proper for a uh, Supreme, uh, a state Supreme Court to get involved in legislature uh, matters, legis- this legis- legislative matters, uh, it, it, so much of it seemed to be centered on does the North Carolina General Assembly, the Republican uh, coalition of the General Assembly, do they have the right to bring this to the United States Supreme Court?
3: Well, I think that is fairly common in these, and they spend a lot of time on that. But, you know, at least four justices absolutely believe that was the case or it wouldn't be there. Right. Um, And I think to just remind your your listeners what this case is ultimately about is the federal constitution refers to not states but state legislatures as – Setting the time, manner, and places of elections, and of course, under that falls redistricting. Um, generally, through history, I think it is accurate to say that that state legislatures has been uh, looked at as part of a of a system in the states, whereas the legislature has the first right to do districts, but they are subject to some oversight. And what the what the Republicans in the legislature are arguing, um, and I think rightfully so, you know, I, I have strong opinions about this, and so I'm, I'm open about that, is that when, when they drew the congressional maps, and the, you know, the, Rep- the Republicans controlled the legislature at that time, and still today, it won't in January, Democrats controlled the state Supreme Court, that when they rejected a map under, very flowery, you know, five words in the state constitution that say elections should be free right. and then rejected a second draw of the map. Don't provide any clear rational or clear instructions on how a legislature can comply and then institute their own map that they have gone so far and above the role of a state court that they have violated the federal constitution. Now, Uh, The liberals have claimed that in extreme versions of this, it would mean a state legislature and a state legislature alone would get to set all procedures with federal elections in the state. Uh, That is actually not what Republican legislators argued. And, you know, while I think three of the more conservative justices, Gorsuch, um, Thomas and Alito, uh, might prescribe to that it became clear to me in this that um, that the chief Justice Roberts and Amy Comey Barrett are, are are uncomfortable probably with the idea that all of the authority rests with a state legislature but they are also equally uncomfortable when a uh, when a state Supreme Court as in North Carolina just you completely usurped the legislature's authority and ability to draw districts and did it on their own. So I do believe you're going to see a finding for um, the North Carolina legislature that says uh, they have the primary role to draw districts, uh, some oversight within the state constitution if it is on point and it's direct as appropriate. But you just can't make it up. And right, and you've got to give a reason. Right. You've got to give a
1: reason. I mean, just the common well, sense would I tell think, you that. I think the
3: other thing is is that is that you, under our system, you have to give a legislature some safe harbors that if you do this and if you do that, these maps will be um, constitutional. Right. One of the things that I think shocked all the Republicans, and I think it surprised some of the liberals, uh, the respondents in this case, um who in this case represent the Biden administration and common cause and some of those folks made the argument.
1: Far left groups, yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah. Um make the argument that you know, that 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 a, a state court could just say under its general fairness doctrine or just that the idea that state constitutions fundamentally are about fairness could declare any map unfair and impose their own. And what would happen is what we saw happen here, it would mean that whereas the legislature is given the authority under the federal constitution, it would mean that in every case that a legislature was controlled by a different party than a state court, that the state court would be in- inserting the maps, and that that does not comply with the federal constitution. And that's where I think um, the North Carolina State Supreme Court Democrats and those that have supported their arguments are going to.
1: It was also interesting. The newest member of the uh, Supreme Court, um, Jackson, uh, at the beginning of the hearing, she was arguing with David Thompson, the attorney for uh, the Republican legislature. uh, uh, Well, what's the definition of a legislature? And I I got the impression
3: This is is the same Supreme Court justice as a nominee that couldn't tell you what a woman was. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> great Good point. point
1: yes <laughs> but i mean you know it was pretty nitpicky and pretty ridiculous you know what is the definition of
3: is i mean it is is it can we not have some I think we all know sense? what a legislature is yeah you know and and you know we already recognize in law and by the federal constitution that redistricting has to start with the legislature you know we already recognize in law that when courts make alterations that or or make you know a finding that a map doesn't comply, that a legislature has to be given a chance to redraw them at some point. So I don't think it 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 is unreasonable to say that if a if a court just completely removes the legislature from the process or they put in um evolving standards that no legislature could meet. I mean that's the problem I had, is that there really wasn't a congressional map that the Republicans could have passed that was going to right. be supported by this fourth. Exactly. I would remind your, your your listeners that when the legislature passed its second version after the court struck it down, that was a far more competitive map and would have had three to four competitive congressional districts, including uh, the one that Don Davis won, the first district being more competitive, um, than what the court adopted. The court, what the court said was basically that the state is basically evenly divided on a statewide level, and like uh, European Parliament, you know, we have to have a por- proportional representational outcome, which, of course, there's no foundation in the, our law for that. So, do, do, you, um, do you think? I, I, I mean, I think, in, I think in the long run, there's two things to remember. <clears throat> One thing is that Republican legislators are going to get to redraw the congressional districts next year anyway, regardless. do it under a, Republican court, right, and th- those districts are going to be more favorable to Republicans. It's why I actually have a lot of respect for Don Davis. I thought he was a good legislator, um, and he was a very nice man when I ever dealt with him. But if I were him, I would rent in Washington. I wouldn't buy. <laughs> um, and, and 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 so the North Carolina Supreme Court keyed up this case in a way that North Carolina legislators didn't have anything to lose. And, yeah. and so they were able to to push this, and I think it will. I think it will result in some restrictions being how far state courts could go. But I think most state courts would never do this. was what, and 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 you got that sense in the in the the court hearing that they were very concerned that the court just. Um, they even you know, part of what the the, the the North Carolina State Supreme Court said in its decision was partisan gerrymandering is really bad that the federal courts have said it's a non-judiciable issue. Um, the legislature doesn't want to do anything about it. They have to promote the constitutional amendment to fix it, and they're not going to do that. So we have to step in and do something about this really bad problem. Yeah. But I mean, there's just no foundation in the Constitution for that, for them to just decide that they are going to usurp a legislature. And that is what they did. They didn't interpret. I mean, Neil Gorsuch pointed out that they didn't interpret the law. They just exchange didn't
1: rewrote their own we're talking to dallas woodhouse uh concerning the moore versus harper supreme court oral arguments that took place earlier today uh, dallas benny hardy's with us he's got a question for you uh,
2: hey dallas we just we talked about uh justice uh jackson's oral arguments and and also uh, justice kagan's when, when you read their arguments i mean I'm, I'm certainly not saying that uh i'm a constitutional lawyer or anything but reading their arguments just sounds like they are just completely being advocates for a political party and 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 well, not that's what the north carolina supreme court was doing <laughs> yeah and and you know I, I mean just listen to their arguments do, do you think that they're i mean they're secretly want to say you know what this independent state doctrine deal let, let's just get it just just get it out of the hands of the states and let's make it a federal issue Good i mean question do, i mean do you think that that's where they're kind of going and and won't want to rule that way if they have the opportunity
3: well, I, I, I think I think that they probably don't like the likely political outcome. There is a political outcome here that more state legislatures. Um, I looked this up recently, and I think Republicans can. You know, every state but Nebraska has two chambers, and you know Republicans control twice as many as Democrats. So. Um, the, uh, now, and, you know, in some of these states, in Idaho, they don't have one congressional district. The congressional district just it ain't an issue. It's the whole state. You know, but, so they may like like the outcome. Look, I think good people can disagree about what the Constitution, uh, means in this issue. They're conflicting things in the Constitution, the, the procedures. Um, but, but my sense is, and I'm willing to give everybody, everybody the benefit of the doubt that they are arguing what they believe the Constitution says. Um, But but, but I think think what what emerged is at some point it has to be uh, an intolerable level that if a legislature that has the primary responsibility for redistricting cannot do the job because the court won't let them do it, and in this case the court would not let them do it, uh, then you have violated the federal constitution.
1: Is it possible that um, the North Carolina Supreme Court will come out with a favorable ruling before the U.S. Supreme Court would come out with their finding, and would the Supreme Court just say, well, it's now moot?
3: No. I don't think so. Because okay. I, think, I think what you know what we've seen from the Democrats on the state Supreme Court is um, is you know what you might consider a rush to the courthouse over several cases and uh, I, you, you know what I anticipate out of the North Carolina Supreme Court is another outrageous ruling on legislative districts and and congressional districts, perhaps by you know by the end of the year before their term is up. Well, I'm, I was I was today. referring
1: to the new Supreme Court, the Republican new Supreme Court, not the current uh, North Carolina Supreme
3: Court. No, because, no, I mean, I think, no, I don't, I don't think so because I, I think there are there are definitely. Three or four legis—excuse um, me—Supreme Court justices in, um, in, in in Gorsuch, Thomas, and Alito that have been interested in testing this theory in the courts and have kind of believed that that, that the role of legislatures has been um, in, encroached upon, and and so I think you're going to see a decision. Yeah. But what I would say is, um, I, I I think. I'm not sure the decision is – I am sure the decision is not going to have the sweeping declarations that liberals have gone around trying to scare everybody about.
1: Right, that the, the um, end of our democracy is here, exactly. The
3: end of our democracy and all this kind of stuff. Um, and, and you know, thankfully there were some honest liberal professors out there who disagreed with the theory but, but, but worked to obliterate this idea that, you know, that this has anything to do with presidential electors and – and overturning the outcome of elections that right, what 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 came apparent today is that that this issue is fundamentally about redistricting and who has the power to do it and can at some point uh, a state court go you know use broad and undefined definition to usurp um a state legislature to the point that it actually violates Federal Constitution, and I believe that answer is going to be yes, and I think that's the
1: right thing. Well, it's um, interesting because one of the justices did bring up—I think it was Gorsuch—brought up the fact that well, wait a minute, if this is going to be decided by the legislature, it's the people that elect the legislature, mm-hmm. and so therefore, why should you have the courts? And these are my words, not his, but this is what he was basically saying: Why should you have a court come in and over? You know, basically uh, t- tell the the population well, 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 that you, why, why you do not have my, the
3: basically, basically his Basically, a statement was: Why is it more stable for democracy and better for this to be handled by a branch other than the people right. that are most directly elected by the legislature?
1: Exactly, exactly. We elect
3: the legislature. I mean, just in North Carolina alone, we elect the legislature every two years. We elect Supreme Court justices every eight. Great point. I mean that. that I mean that's that's one thing, and I think I think. You know, one of the questions that I think, you know, that I was encouraged about, because really we, I was watching Robert um, Kavanaugh and Barrett, and Chief Justice Robert points out, you know, what about just picking this this, this estimate, well, that elections have to be free or they have to be fair, something that has no standard. Right. Right. Um, no I, definition. I don't have any doubt, and no definition. I don't have any doubt after hearing today that if the people of North Carolina persuaded um, the, the the legislature to put a constitutional amendment on the ballot and it, and the voters were to approve it that specifically outlawed partisan considerations in elections and defined what that means and how it is to be done and the people accepted it that that would probably be okay but absent of that the court just can't make it up
2: right yeah Good point. It, it, it may be vague and ambiguous, but it doesn't say that the Supreme Court can just decide. Decide yeah, say they, they hey, can put with the their definition to it. Yeah. yeah, exactly,
1: exactly. Interesting
2: stuff, right?
3: And that, that was a, that was another problem that Roberts had. R- Roberts might have even uh, you know said, "Well, maybe the state, you know state court can do this, and maybe they can reject the map, but when they get drawing their own, that's a problem." Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. he he seemed to indicate that. So that's another. You know, I mean, I think what you're, you know, quite frankly, this is going to be an argument settled by the Republicans on the court. And um, while I think they, 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 you know, there's three that view a much more robust um, provision of this. I think the three that are going to decide it, we're clearly looking for a middle ground, and and right. and, and I think that's okay. I mean, as, as far as I am concerned, the most important thing. That were, is, could come out of this case is the U.S. Supreme Court saying to the North Carolina Supreme Court and other courts that might act this way, although I think there would be you, that you can't do this. Yeah, you yeah. can't just decide that you are the ones that are going to draw districts and decide what congressional districts look like now and forever if you happen to not like the partisan makeup of the legislature. You know, it, although, I mean, there was nothing more partisan. There was never anything more partisan. Than
1: what the North Carolina State Supreme Court did. To it. Oh, nice. I, I agree, Absolutely. agree. But as I listened to the the oral arguments today, I, I, a part of me came away with: Is the Supreme Court going to come back with some finding that simply says uh, we, we can't render an opinion on this because we feel like we don't have the authority as a federal court to uh, step on the toes of a of a state court? That that that's out of our jurisdiction. I, uh, something to Tom, that you extent. And I, uh,
3: you know, talked a little bit about this this afternoon off air, and I, I would concede that that is a possibility, but it is my belief they won't do that because of the, you know, that, you know, now what this case is in front of the court. If you say that, you have in essence said that any time, and there are multiple places that this is the case, that a court is controlled by a different persuasion than the legislature, that it is the court that is going to have the last word in crafting and creating the district. I mean, you know, again, I I even think the liberals were taken back by the respondent's argument that, 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 that that a state court could just say, you know, we don't have anything written in the state constitution, but the state constitution generally says things should be fair, we think these maps are not fair, so we're going to institute what we think is fair, which, of course, there's no definition of fair. There's no way to judge fair. There's no way to measure fair. Um, um, uh, well, well,
1: and the fact that the current know, the like
3: current me, Supreme Court like compared to, to the next year's Supreme like Court's got two
1: different def- definitions.
3: Yeah. Um, well, somebody with five votes is going to decide.
1: Right. Right. Well.
2: Well. Plus, you know, we uh, the, the United States Supreme Court. <laughs> I mean, they're appointed, and their their job is to rule on the U.S. Constitution, and this is a US, and this is a U.S. constitutional issue, is it not? So I mean, yeah. they, they've got. I mean, they've got to rule U.S.
1: On and state. Yeah,
3: yeah. I mean, if your listeners are really interested in this, I was really surprised. One thing didn't come up in the court today is there has been this debate in the briefs, and I've read a bunch of them over one of South Carolina's founding fathers, hmm. a man named Charles Pinckney. And of course, Pinckney had a version of the Constitution that he supposedly submitted in the Constitutional Convention and but it you know, he didn't have a copy of it and he tried to reassemble it forty years later and it's sort of been debated in history, but he apparently in his version had originally said written the election clause to say states and it went to the committee on detail and the committee on detail changed it to legislature. So the argument on one side is that that was a purposeful change that they made. It wasn't a grammatical change. It wasn't a stylistic change, That it was a substantive change made for a reason. The other side disagrees with that, and they sort of blast it, including Pinckney's plan. If you're interested in that story, um, you know, Google my name and Charles Pinckney, and it'll come up. It's a really interesting read. I spent a lot of time researching that is and didn't even come up in all arguments. I was disappointed. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> you might have gotten a the footnote it there. It goes to show you. Um, and, and I, I, you know, I think the good news in North Carolina is if you take, at least in the short term, of what the Supreme Court, the, the United States Supreme Court already did in the Ruche case, which was said that partisan, the questions of partisan gerrymandering are not to the federal courts, And if you take it that I believe this case will at least put some hands uh, restricting outrageous behavior by a state Supreme Court in redistricting. I think we are getting back, you know, to where we might have been and where we should be, that at the ultimate deciders of this, with some guardrails, uh, are state legislatures accountable to the people, that these are ultimately political questions. That have to be decided by the political branch of government, and ultimately
1: you know, decided by the people. Exactly,
3: and ultimately, and ultimately decided um, by by the people.
1: Right, right. Uh, Dallas, great stuff. Uh, appreciate your insights, and uh, I I am not quite as optimistic as you are, but uh, I would I would defer to you that you have studied this much longer well, and I'm much right, harder. When I'm
3: right, we can. Uh... When I'm right, we can head downtown
1: Greenville and you can buy me a steak. Come on down. We'll do it. Dallas Woodhouse. Thanks a million, Dallas. Do appreciate it. We are way over. Yes, sir. Have a great Christmas. We're way over. Let's take a time out. We'll be right back.
0: News is a lot like Christmas, because it's all in the present. It is the greatest gift. With the stocking stuffed with weathered breaking news. Everything you said, I've been hoping for. Check in with our list of local and national headlines. I mean, it's a a real gift.
3: You have to be relentless. You have to have resolve. The
0: holidays won't stop us from delivering the news. Now back to news and views with Tom Lampright and Benny Hardy on Talk 96.3 and 103. Welcome back in. Look at your weather forecast for
1: tonight. Mostly cloudy, a low of 57. Tomorrow, partly cloudy skies in the morning will give way to cloudy skies in the afternoon, a high of 64. Tomorrow night, overcast with a low of 47. Friday, an occasional shower with cloudy skies, a high of 53. And uh, Friday night, rain showers with a low of 43. Although the weekend... Has got uh, partly cloudy skies and 56 on Saturday, 59 with AM showers on Sunday. So the warmth—I mean, this time of year—that's those are pretty good temps.
2: Yeah, that's kind of seasonable uh, this weekend. 50s during the day, and 30s, 40s at night. Get
1: yeah. get a little in the Christmas mood. I, I was—I did want to mention one thing I, when I was listening to the uh, oral arguments today in uh, Moore versus uh, Harper. The. Uh, the one of the attorneys uh, for the other side, Don Varelli, was talking about the maps, and and he not only said, "Well, these maps are extreme." These were these maps were very, very extreme, your justices, your honors, your whatever. <laughs> and I'm thinking, wait a minute, have you ever gone back and looked at the Mel Watt <laughs> maps? I mean, and, and in all honesty. They were not extreme at all.
2: Well, even even if you remember in the Supreme Court, uh, the North Carolina Supreme Court discussions, even the Democrats' own consultant pretty much said they yeah. were not extreme. Yeah. You know. Uh, so, it, and I, you know, I didn't hear. I just read summaries of the arguments. How did any of the ju- did any of the justices follow up anything with that? Any questions at all? Um, say okay. It, yeah, because if you to make a statement, they're extreme. Okay, well, how so? Um,
1: they they did not. Yeah. They just sort of let it lie. And <laughs> they're extreme in the fact that they didn't get enough Democrats they wanted. <laughs> well, you know, it was interesting, too, because so much of the arguments and the questions, you know, they'd refer back to cases that happened a long time ago. They, Smiley versus Home, they, that came up a number of times. That was back in 1932. You know, they were talking about the history of the courts and, and how it related to this. I mean, It really wasn't a history lesson. You go back and listen to the three hours of it. But I thought it was interesting. With all the history that was going on and they were talking about, I found it rather amusing that there was no mention of the decades of history where the Dems were in charge of the state legislature mm-hmm. and they were drawing all kinds of goofy maps. And there was no objection. I mean, yeah, because if you want to – the history of the court never had they – Brought up a instance uh, where what the, what they're accusing the Republicans of, the Democrats did for decades, and that never came up. Uh, it was uh, there was a lot of stuff that was uh, interesting and missing. And again, my my pessimism that it, there won't be a favorable ruling. And I'm, I'm leaning more towards the idea that the ruling is going to be just sort of a we can't. This is beyond our territory. We shouldn't get involved in it. Um. I, and again, I, I'm not sounding very uh, <laughs> legalese there, but I just I just don't see a, a, a strong ruling coming from the Supreme. Well, well, during the break, we talked. We were talking off air
2: about how the arguments for with Justice Kagan and Sotomayor and Brown Jackson. <laughs> were just kind of kind of partisan, and obviously they were being advocate
1: for really the the uh, petitioner. Pretty court. confrontational, I thought, in their questions.
2: But one thing that Justice Kagan said, and when talking about the independent state legislature doctrines. You know, she, she says that uh, – well, she goes on to talk about how things – gerrymandering can go on. And she says, you know, if we go this route, it would say that legislators can enact all manner of restrictions on voting, get rid of all kinds of voter protections. Well, you know, these maps that Republicans have drawn, I mean, it survived all the hurdles that they're required to have as far as to make sure they're not, you know uh, – uh, bias according to race or anything like that there are no voter protections for democrats let, right, let, right, let's right. just throw that out there that's what she's saying right. the voter protection she's talking about is the fact that democrats are just upset that they didn't get enough democrats and and, and they it's I mean, this is the United States Supreme Court. We're here because we had a court in North Carolina that has been more partisan maybe than any court in the history of our state. Oh. And you know what? Their maybe asses, in the history of the United States. And their asses got voted out for it. Just yeah. let's, let's remember well, that. Uh,
1: yeah, again, going back to uh, ultimately it's the people's choice. Yeah, the people yeah. decided on That's right. November.
2: The so now we've got
1: three justices in, in, in Washington
2: doing the same thing.
1: So they're there for life. Yeah, now there's nine up there. Uh, Jackson, Kagan, and Sotomayor we know are going to go against the state legislature. Uh, Gorsuch, um, Thomas, and um, Alito Mm -hmm. most likely will go in favor. The the three unknowns are Roberts, Kavanaugh, and um, Amy Coney Barrett. If you get two of those last three, then it will go in favor. I just we'll, we'll see. We'll find out next June. But again, the good news is we've got a conservative North Carolina Supreme Court now. Well, here, here's a here's kind
2: of a rookie uh, question. <laughs> um, I'm not professing to be a constitutional expert. Well, what can I do for you? But what, <laughs> but, but this is December. Can you not decide this before next June? I mean, I, I guess you know I. They hear the arguments, and hopefully, I guess, maybe they'll do a little research, and their mind's not made up already. But it it just seems like a
1: long time to me. I mean, six,
2: seven Well, you know, what's
1: interesting is today they probably took a vote. I mean, if you know anything about the history of the Supreme Court now, I'm I'm no expert either, but I have seen a number of times and read a number of articles that – the protocol is you have the oral arguments you've mm-hmm. read all the briefs as soon as you finish the oral arguments you go now you can change your vote right but you go back and you make your initial vote there's a minority and a majority each writes the opinion for you know they decide who's going to write the opinion and sometimes there's concurria opinions from other people in the uh, in, in the of the nine but uh, so they, they've already decided today most likely or they'll decide in the next couple of days how they're going to vote on the issue, but we won't find out until next
2: year. Yeah, and, and plus it's, well, it's December 7th, so they'll probably knock off in the next few days and won't work
1: for the next two months probably. I mean, <laughs> I mean they are government workers. We've got to take another time out. When we get back, we'll talk about the Herschel Walker race. Very disappointing, but not surprising. Stay with us.
3: This is your
0: Drive at Five, and ENC with Tom Lamprecht. Welcome back to News and Views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7.
1: Welcome back in. It is uh, now done. The Democrats have 51 senators, which is uh, important to note in that there will not be the, the kind of – well, first of all, the Republicans won't have any shared – chairmanships of committees uh there will be this will be a whole lot easier over the next two years for democrats to get their judicial nominees um, on the bench Herschel walker was strongly endorsed by donald trump uh there is an op-ed out and uh i can't remember the name of the, the woman that wrote it it was in uh it was in the um town hall uh, I meant to write her name down. Now I've forgotten it. But um, she has just said, is, is Herschel Walker, has he, has he written Donald Trump's political obituary? Mm. And, you know, sort of goes back to what you're talking about, you know, yesterday. I, is this the final nail in the coffin for Donald Trump? And, and again, I know there's a lot of people out there that love Donald Trump. I love what he did. I loved as him as a populist. Uh, candidate and a populist president, uh, but now is he so t- toxic that uh, he cannot win? Now, it is also important to note that Warlock outspent Herschel Walker about four to one. Oh, so, yeah. Four to, I think... It was about $160 million to $40 Yeah, million. and about th- four to one in the
2: primary and you know, about three to one in the general election or vice versa, but bo- both times yeah. he way outspent him. Oh, yeah. Big time. And, you know, you also got a... Um, you know trump trump candidates you know Kerry lake and and uh who was the who was the arizona senator against kelly yeah, was it mcmasters forget, yeah mcmasters yeah. and then uh dr oz and then walker i mean you yeah you make the argument they're, they're trump uh trump hand picked people or not but but see we gotta, you got you got to lay the, the blame on the rnc A big time, and yeah. McConnell. big um, time big I, time I, I don't i don't see how you can you know, I, I if you're going to blame Trump, you got to blame McConnell. Yeah, I, I thought the 2020 presidential election um, or or RNC convention, I thought, was the best convention of my lifetime for the Republicans. I mean, it looked it looked Democratic in terms of messaging and everything else. So I'll, I'll give Ronna McDaniel credit for that or whoever it was. I mean, she was at the top, so you give her credit for it. But, you know, <laughs> it, it, first time in history – I mean, Joe Biden is first time in history – actually gained senate seats and 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 i mean he was the most successful president in the midterm really in history so you got to say okay you've you've you lost a lot in 2020 you've lost a lot in 2022 it's time for another direction so i, I think i think they need to go uh, a different direction than in the rnc
1: personally uh, another interesting story on ron DeSantis. santos uh of course you know he he, he was highly successful in florida uh, and, you know, there was a whole different story there, although there were states, again, in, here in North Carolina, the Republicans did fine. But um, DeSantis apparently is now set up a series of invite-only meetings with donors, mm. first one scheduled for this Sunday – uh, you know, when you hear those kind of things, I, I don't think he's getting advice on how do I run my uh, governor's office. <laughs> no. I mean, he's doing just fine with the governor's office. He doesn't need any. He could be he, giving he, advice. He, yeah, he
2: can't run again. And just like this last time when he you know uh, ran for re-election as governor, he wasn't raising that kind of money to run for – you know right <laughs> for governor again, so right. he's
1: he's running he's just hadn't announced yet yeah it, it I would agree, and uh, I think it it's if if you're you're wondering is it just speculation now granted this could be part of the winnowing process where he's going to go in and he's going to talk to the donors and are the donors going to be extremely generous that will help him make this decision if the donors say, "Nah, you're not the guy uh that's not going to happen by the way but uh you know this this is part of the process it's but it's also part of the fundraising you know are you going to be committed to me
2: now i think what he needs to do and the republican party needs to do is to you know behind the scenes say look um get big money donors and say we're putting all our money on you're our guy yeah uh uh, Mike Pence and Mike Pompeo and whoever else, Nikki Haley, whoever else, got, wants to come and take get their you know standard two to five percent. You're not you're not getting any money. Let's put our money behind DeSantis if they truly want to um, be successful against Donald Trump. I don't care what the polls say. There's been recent polls out now that DeSantis head to head with Trump's going to beat him. If it was just him and Trump, I believe that. But you start peel, peeling out two, five, six, seven, eight percent. With seven or eight candidates, uh, Donald Trump's going to be your candidate. He's going to be your, your primary winner.
1: Well, I was trying to remember. Who was, who was the Democrat that, that came out and said recently uh, – and I, I just read this today, and I didn't, uh, I didn't write his name down either. But a Democrat came out and said, listen, if DeSantis is the guy, he's going to be the next president. And uh, he, he said nobody can beat DeSantis.
2: I, I don't think so either. I mean, you know, Florida – it, I mean, used to be Florida used to be kind of a good indication, kind of a bellwether state. It was a swing state. And now it's clearly in his corner. And um, I, I just – I don't see how the Republicans can deny that. The de- I think that's why you'll, you'll see – I think the Democrats are more than happy that Donald Trump is in the race. I really do. Will he stay in there? That's
1: the question. Hey, stay with us. Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez apparently is in trouble. We'll tell you about that story when we get back
0: back to news and views talk 96.3 and 1037
1: we have some of the best conversations during our break and uh, just talking about the georgia senate race again and you know it's hard to believe as conservative as georgia would have been 50 75 years ago and again if you look at the map from last night warnock won based on atlanta and savannah the rest of the state basically went for walker but as conservative as Georgia would have been seventy five years ago it's hard to think that or imagine but it's true that they now have two communists for u s senators
2: yeah and, and plus the fact that they won every other statewide race Republicans won every other statewide race except for Senate now that, yeah. that's i mean that comparing that to North Carolina that'd be like North Carolina because we the Republicans won every statewide race and imagine having two democrat senators in north carolina that's
1: kind of the way it would be hard to imagine uh alexandra ocasio-cortez is under a house ethics investigation according to a statement issued by the house committee on ethics earlier today didn't say what it's about Uh, we're speculating here that's probably lock her up yeah, hey, that makes <laughs> sense. sound. I mean, no, no. You think anything's <laughs> going to happen to her? Uh, no. Uh, maybe after the Republicans get in there. We'll see. Hey, we got to run. Our thanks again to Dallas Woodhouse. We'll do it again tomorrow. Play a little political trivia. See you tomorrow
3: at 5. Bye-bye, everybody. All right, all right, all right.